Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Collaborate, collaborate, collaborate. Collaboration is the key to success. We are all one team with the mission of doubling the size of 10,000 businesses. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. Hello and welcome to Perpetual Traffic, episode number 92. Today's episode is going to be pretty much all Ralph and Molly. I was actually not in the virtual room recording when uh, when we did this episode. I'm going to add a few very important tips here at the beginning, and then I'm going to let them take it from here. This episode, I was actually gone in Southern Oregon on a trip with my best friend's 40th birthday. Eight of us went down to Southern Oregon to the Abandoned Dunes Golf Resort. So this is going to be all Ralph and Molly talking all about how to grow and scale a seven-figure marketing agency. I'm going to give you a couple tips here and give you a a few Steve Jobs quotes as we uh, kick it off and as we end it as well, because that's one of my idols and everything we have done from the very beginning, we always try to look at what these great ones do. And one of his quotes is, my model for business is the Beatles. They were four guys who kept each other's kind of negative tendencies in check. They balanced each other and the total was greater than the sum of the parts. That's how I see business. Great things in business are never done by one person. They're done by a team of people. 2013 is when Ralph and I met at one of my workshops and that's when really things started taking off. It's already been almost exactly a year since Ralph and I agreed to completely hand over the reins of the agency side of the business to Ralph so he could continue taking things to the next level and beyond, which he has done more than I ever could have expected uh, or imagined. And it's been an amazing ride because we have so 
much synergy together, which is why I led this episode off with that Steve Jobs quote about the Beatles. Of course, we both have a stake in both sides of the business, myself and the agency and himself in my side of the business, which is the education, coaching, consulting, certifications, account manager, placement program and referral program. And the reason I led this episode off with that quote from Steve Jobs about the Beatles is because you can have all the ideas you want, but if you don't have somebody or if you're not that person that can execute and implement, then you're lost. And if you don't have the ability to innovate and continue staying on the cutting edge, as Steve Jobs, one of his quotes says, innovation distinguishes between a leader and a follower. Now I'm going to let Ralph and Molly take it from here, but hang on to the end of this episode because I'm going to give you my three keys that are the foundation. If you don't have these three keys, you'll never be able to grow, truly grow an agency at massive scale. And my number one key is really my number one growth hack. And once you understand this, this is how you have constant demand while constantly raising your prices. And I'll explain how we have done this. So enjoy the episode and I'll talk to you in a few. Hey guys, I'm really excited about today's episode. We're going to take a different route than we usually do. Usually you you hear a lot about ads and, and running traffic online on this podcast. I mean, we wanted to take a step back today. I mean, we actually wanted to uh, talk a little bit about how Ralph Burns, uh, which you guys all know and love, uh, Ralph, one of the the co-hosts of Perpetual Traffic. Maybe just know. Definitely love. <laughs> exactly how Ralph built a multi-million dollar virtual marketing agency. So if you've listened to some of the previous episodes here along the way, we've talked a lot about what each of us do. So myself, Molly, I'm the VP of Marketing at Digital Marketer. Keith and Ralph have Dominate Web Media. So Keith is is more focused on creating courses and coaching and and speaking and, and teaching Facebook ads to others while Ralph actually takes on clients, some pretty huge clients with really big spend. And over the past few years, he's been able to build a multi-million dollar ad agency from his house. So today he's going to explain exactly how he did it. I think this is going to be a good one. Hello, Ralph. Hello, Molly. Thanks for the wicked awesome intro. Of course. I'm excited about today's episode. This is definitely something that I didn't realize could be a podcast episode, quite honestly, because you know most of the time we're talking about like how to do Facebook ads, but apparently a fair amount of our listeners are people that are doing what I'm doing, or maybe want to do yeah. what I'm doing in one capacity or another, and maybe are a little bit smaller, maybe a little bit larger, and just looking for different ways to scale up. It's interesting. I know a lot of our listeners out there are freelancers, agency owners. They are people that do this for others. For you guys, this is obviously going to be incredibly helpful. But even if you don't have an agency, whatever your business is, Ralph is going to share stuff about hiring and working virtually and some really good info that honestly, I, I was looking through the slides. It's great info for me to take and even apply over at Digital Marketer. So really, whatever position you're in, even if you don't own an agency, I think this is going to be incredibly helpful for you. 
But to get started, Ralph, I I think your story is pretty interesting. Can you tell everyone how you got into this stuff? Well, I mean, the agency started by pivoting a lot in this space. This is definitely something that a lot of people do in their careers to eventually get to the point where they're running a successful business. Is the, the first business that you run might not be the business that you run that actually makes you money and you know employs people and does all the things that we do inside the agency here. But you know, my background is primarily is in the corporate world in uh, sales and sales management. So you know, while I was actually in the corporate world, I started my very first blog, my very first sort of website, and I figured my employer wouldn't be too ticked off if I did that about something that I was actually doing all day long, which was managing salespeople, you know, or directing salespeople from a director standpoint. So I created this very feeble and not very good website way back when, all about sales management, how to teach sales managers to to do the stuff that I kind of learned how to do. So eventually they found out about it that and really didn't like that all that much. And um, they thought mm. I was moonlighting and not really paying attention to my day job, which all I was really doing was just laying the foundation for doing something on my own, which is I've always wanted to run my own business. So, But I found that I didn't really like doing that particular subject matter as content. Like I didn't enjoy talking about it, but what I really enjoyed was the process of marketing it. Right. And that then led me into the affiliate world where I was a super affiliate for a number of different types of offers, which shall remain nameless at this point in time. But uh, <laughs> but it's where you learned, right? It's where it's you where learned, learned how to do this. Stuff. Yeah. I mean, I was spending, you know, over six figures a month of my own money on affiliate offers. So you had to get good at it. I mean, I was eating what I killed. There was a lot of risk. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So that's really where I learned how to do ad copy, how to place ads, how to you know buy banner ads, how to buy space on websites, how to use pay-per-click, Google AdWords, Bing, MSN, I guess, which was back then, as well as Yahoo. Mm, MSN, sweet. And um, after multiple account bans for all of those, I finally found Facebook. And Facebook was just starting out at that point. And Facebook really just only had where you lived, what your marital status was, if you were interested in men or women or both, and your age and where you lived. And that was pretty much it. So that type of targeting has since become very much more advanced, as we all know. If you're listening to this podcast at all, you realize that the interest targeting inside Facebook is really is one of the killer apps. I ran uh, lots of ads for Christian Mingle, which was a dating service, which was actually ideal for Facebook. So you're a female, 25 to 35, and lived in Dallas, Texas about seven years ago. I sincerely apologize for clogging up your Facebook newsfeed back then. Actually, (laughs) there were right-hand column ads. There was no such thing as Facebook uh, newsfeed ads. So we pivoted a bunch of times and then started doing ads, started running advertising for customers. And then Keith and I connected and things sort of took off from there. So I think the story here is really is, you know, how a guy with a, you know, a guy in his basement with a VA, which is really how I started out, turned that into what's now a multi-million dollar virtual marketing agency. And all of our, you know, workers, everyone who does work for our, for our agency customers is virtual. So we've got, you know, over 20 people on staff and definitely in an upward trajectory. Yeah. And you guys are spending a bit of money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're spending anywhere between, you know, two and $3 million a month. It's probably more in the coming months, but 
if you're spending two or three million dollars of customers' money, you probably are getting a return for it. And uh, that's one of the things that we do really well is we scale and get you know higher return on ad spend or ROI for our customers. And that's led to a lot of learnings and a lot of things that we talk about here in the podcast. So we test them with the customer accounts, handling their money like it's our own, and then we teach it inside Dominate Web Media. And then obviously we talk about it here on the podcast. So it's a good mix between the three of us, I think. Awesome, Ralph. Well, I know you have a three-step strategy to share today, but I'm excited again, whether you're building from scratch, whether you own your own business, you own your own agency, this is absolutely applicable to you. Yeah. For anybody who's running a virtual business out there, I designed this basically because my wife loves to travel. (laughs) And I created this business so that we can actually do that. We haven't done a whole lot of it in the last two years because of kids and you know a lot of obligations from the agency. But the point is, is that it is possible to build a culture and a virtual company and grow it and grow it to you know seven figures, which is what we've done. And we've experienced you know about three hundred percent growth every single year this year included. And you know it's because of the three steps that I'll talk about here in this episode. Step one. All right. So step number one, and this is a really important step. And we've been very fortunate to be able to do this because of a lot of the stuff that Keith has done and Dominate Web Media, Facebook Ads University, which is our paid membership site. Just a lot of the stuff that he's done over there has led to us being able to achieve step one. So I by no means did this all by myself. Keith was there at every step of the process. I was the guy who implemented it. But a lot of the strategies and everything that we teach inside our paid courses, you know, comes from Keith's ideas, which we then implement in the agency. And we just do it at massive scale. But one of the things that we're very fortunate is that there's lots of people who we teach already how to do this stuff, whether it's on the podcast or whether it's on our own sort of membership site. So step number one is getting A players. So that has allowed us, because we're already teaching people how to do this stuff, it's allowed us to attract very high quality personnel that we can then use to run advertising inside the agency itself. And I think one of the things when I was building this agency and when also when I was building sales teams back in the corporate world is that initially when you're hiring people, you want to find people that are just like yourself, right? Because, all right, I know how to run Facebook ads. I'm fairly creative, fairly analytical, can kind of run things and do it at scale, pretty good with customers. You know, why can't I find people exactly like me to then just do what I was doing and replace myself? But what I found is that that really isn't the solution. The solution to building a company especially a fast-growing company in a niche where it's in demand, certainly helps. People want Facebook ads run for them as a company, is to find people that are better than me. So one of my big goals was to set my ego aside and say, all right, I know how to do this stuff pretty well, but I want to find people that are complementary to my skill set and maybe more analytical, more creative, you know, see things from a different perspective. And I think, you know, if you set your ego aside when you're doing your hiring, especially if you're first starting out, don't try and find little clones of yourself. I mean, if you can, yeah, that's okay. I mean, but you ultimately really want to attract people that are better than you and see things differently because collaboration inside the agency is is really is the biggest reason why I think we've experienced such a great amount of success and we'll continue to do so. So when I first started, like I said, I mean, I was the agency CEO 
And, you know, then I just had one virtual assistant who is still with me to this day. You know, she's been with me actually since uh, the days when I was in the corporate world, right before I got fired. Um, thank you, by wow. the way, for firing me. Thank God. I celebrate that day every year, by the way, Molly. <laughs> it's January 29th, every year, Independence Day. So that's how we started. But then what I realized is that in order to run ads, what I really needed is people to run ads. So we started to attract what we refer to as account managers. I don't call them ads managers because what they do is they manage the account. They don't just manage the ads. They manage the client relationship. They manage the day-to-day -day operations of the ads, as well as as we continue to grow, we add, we've added more and more of these account managers, all who work virtually, you know, all who are paid by the ad account that they manage all independently. And some of them do work together on some larger ad accounts that just have tremendous amount of volume or a high degree of complexity. But in most cases, an account manager is assigned to an ad account and that's how our structure kind of works. So we evolve from one guy in a VA to you know multiple account managers with all kinds of support staff. So you know, we didn't do this overnight, but we did it sort of, you know, over time. So we added designers, we added copywriters, we added people who optimize ads. We've now added, you know, high level programmers. Uh, we've got virtual assistants now that do, you know, a number of different tasks, as well as we've got a data scientist who really gets deep into some of the analytics. So what we try to do is create a team of people who have, you know, highly specialized skills, but in aggregate, they're better than they would be alone because we found that collaboration is the key to success. What we did see is that there's certain character traits that I think are really, really important for not only just account managers, or, but for everybody in the agency. And this is something that I sort of took from the corporate world when I used to hire salespeople is that you want people that are hungry and humble, H&H &H is what we call it, hungry and humble, meaning they're never going to think they're too big for their britches, so to speak, as dad used to say. Uh, but they're always improving themselves. Like they have this never ending improvement mentality. Also highly analytical, certainly helps when you're analyzing heaps of data from Facebook. Also creative to a certain degree. Some people have that more than others. Same thing with analytical. And the biggest, biggest thing for me is solution oriented. I could hire a hundred people that will tell me what's wrong. But what I tell our guys all the time is, that's great. You're telling me what's wrong. What are you going to do about it? What's your solution? Even if it's not right solution, let's work through it. So that's how we've been able to scale. So I try not to give everybody the answers to the questions they're asking, but have them present to me. So collaboratively, we can think of a better solution. So solution oriented is hugely important, uh, especially if you're running a virtual company, because you want people to be able to solve their problems on their own, you know, obviously with your guidance. Yeah, and I think that's important, especially here at Digital Marketer. We're always looking to to train and, and help people grow internally. And the best way to do that is to give them an output that, that you're looking for, that they're looking for, right? Give them some hints for how to get there. Give them the resources they need to get there, but don't always tell them exactly how to get there. Um, back to what, what Ralph said about being able to solve problems. That's huge in any job that you do. So if you're constantly giving your employees and team members answers to every problem, they're never going 
going to figure out how to solve those problems on their own. But I think that's something that Ryan and the leadership here at Digital Marketer, that's how I've learned, right? Is because they didn't always give me the answers. They gave me the resources I needed to figure out the answers. And I learned because I had to figure out the answers on my own. So just to really hammer in how important that is. So how do you find these people, Ralph? So the first thing we do is, you know, inside Facebook Ads University, we actually do postings there, but that's not the only place that we do it. But we do a posting, you know, that says that we're actually looking for an account manager. We have uh, a job posting that's really, really specific to uh, to what it is that they get out of it. We always sort of try to remember that it's what's in it for me is actually is the most important thing with most people. So the posting we do in a number of different job boards, but Facebook Ads University, our own platform really does help as well as in our Facebook group. So if you've got a Facebook group in your company, that's a great place to start for sure. And the second thing we do is what we call the audition, which I'll get into in just a second. Then the third thing is the internship. And the fourth is the payoff. So I'll go through all these four steps because it's sort of a methodical, it's a long process. If you notice out of those four steps, the interview is not in there. <laughs> interview is actually optional for us because I'm a huge believer in the show me, don't tell me principle. Mm. So because I've interviewed hundreds, probably thousands of people for just sales jobs or for sales manager jobs, when I was in the corporate world, one of the things that I always sort of came back to is that if they could actually show me how good they are, instead of just reading it off a resume, then I'd end up with a whole lot better hires. So not that people stretch the truth on what they say in a job interview. I'm not saying that, but you know, what I really want to see is like, how are you going to perform? And so that's why the audition for me is actually is far more important. But in most cases, I do end up talking to people live and kind of getting them through the process. But that's sort of scattered within this sort of four-step formula. It might happen initially. It might happen later. And our track record has been pretty good with this, with retention and really having good folks come on board. So it's a formula that does work. It's a little bit unconventional. So imagine interviewing for a job, but not having an interview. It's like your real big part of getting hired is to show the person, show the employer that you can actually do the job. So what we do in the posting itself is like I said before, is really appeal to their desires more than anything else. And then in that posting, in the step number one of the first step of the three-step process, is we try and weed people out immediately by throwing in sort of a curveball question, which I always did in the corporate world. And I think when I was at TNC two years ago, when Karen Kang spoke, she actually talked about this very strategy. So I redeployed it back into our job posting which has really been helpful, which is to name their favorite food, like in their response mm. back to us, which sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Also, there is an attention to detail part to this because a highly attention to detail job is you know running ads for customers. So in that right. posting, we, we actually have a couple of different typos in the posting itself, and they're supposed to figure out like what the typo is and call it out. And it's not very obvious in most cases. So that's kind of a hard one. And then lastly, we have them do a seven minute video, not 10 minutes, not five minutes, could be less than seven minutes, I suppose. But we've disqualified people because they've done a 30 minute video. They didn't follow the directions. So it's gotta be a seven minute video on what they are currently doing with Facebook ads. What's their level of expertise? And I think within the first minute or so, I can pretty much get a sense as to what their 
you know, what their level is, what their capacity is, and what their sort of skill level is, and how much training they might need. So then the next thing, which I just referred to, is the audition. So the audition is them actually doing something specific that is also highly relevant and perhaps you can even charge for, <laughs> which is always nice. So if it's a webmaster, you know, that we're looking for, or maybe a programmer, it's go into a customer's funnel and do, you know, do the tagging for the first part of this funnel and then show me exactly what you did. If it's a creative designer, I will give them a task from a customer that, hey, we're working on these creative designs. This is the background. This is the hook. This is what they do. Do some designs for me. That's a good audition. The audition that we tend to do a lot for our account managers is I'm going to give you access as an analyst to a customer account. And they, of course, sign an NDA. So everything stays above board and you know all the proprietary trade secrets stay secret. And they go in and they actually do what's called an ad account audit and game plan. What have they done in the last 30 days for Facebook ads? What should they do in 30, 60, 90 days based upon what you know about how to run Facebook ads? And then we actually, we'll use this as the screening process for our customers as well. So we, a dual source of this is we can then combine this with the other account managers at account audits and then actually use it as a screening tool for new customers, which we do charge for because it's highly valuable. Even if they don't come on board with us, it's something that they can use as a roadmap to be successful in the future. So we have these guys do that. So that's sort of the next step in the audit. And then I always ask them, I said, hey, you know, I want to do an ad account audit, but can you do it by, and I will give them a specific day and time. And the reason for that is that as soon as they say yes, I know they've committed themselves to actually doing this thing. And this is also sort of a test question because this tells me, is this person somebody who I can rely on for doing mm. certain projects at a certain day and time? Because everything in the agency runs by tasks and tasks are associated with time. And then the audition itself is actually is, is fairly long. Sometimes the length and the depth of that ad account audit tells me how detail-oriented they are, shows me sort of their thought process, shows me like how they can analyze and think retrospectively as well as prospectively, you know, what they would do in the future, gives me ideas about their creativity. So it's really, it's a good tool to use. And I'd highly encourage you to think about, you know, what can you do in your company or what task can you assign a potential hire that you can use for an audition? And I know you guys do this inside DM as well, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. So for example, when we're hiring a copywriter, we'll pay them $500 to write a sales letter for one of our products just to make sure they can actually do the work. Because like Ralph said, you can look at resumes all day. And honestly, I really hate resumes. I love to meet the person. I want to make sure that they align with the values of our company. I want to make sure that they have the grit to do the work that needs to be done here at DM. But I also want to make sure that they can do that particular job function. So for example, with a copywriter, we'll have them write a sales letter or emails to make sure that the end work that they're going to produce is actually what we want for the business. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And yeah, paying them makes them feel less icky, right? If they don't get hired. Mm -hmm. And it's it's a great process. Yeah, I mean, whether you pay or whether you don't pay is really sort of a judgment call. I mean, at this point, we don't, but we could. But what ends up happening is when we hire this account manager, we end up having them do lots of unpaid work, which is which is fine. 
because you know I think you do have to invest a fair amount of time. For most of the folks that run ads for us, they might be a consultant on their own. So they might totally. be like like I was when I first started. So they sort of have other ways in which to make money. But this is going to be a side thing that's going to show us, you know, how competent they are, how good they are. And then it comes back to them tenfold when they do a really good job because yeah. we're very generous when we actually do bring them on board. Yeah, absolutely. Then we do what's called the internship. So once they pass the audition, we do what's called the internship. And the internship is sort of the last phase before we actually get them to run ad accounts or run actually paid traffic for customers and we start you know, paying them. And it, the internship is, is pretty in-depth. There's a lot of training that goes on. We've got, I think, five different programs right now inside Facebook Ads University that we have them go through. Most cases, they've already done that. We also do uh, have them go through a course called Agency Domination. We also do our internal Dominate Web Media Agency training, which is 11 modules, pretty intense with videos. And then we give them all our agency SOP trainings, which is actually 15 modules. And then we have them do the digital marketer HQ programs. Thank you, digital marketer. <laughs> and then a couple of other, you know, select Ryan Dice and uh, Frank Kern and Ezra Firestone stuff sort of on top of it. Cause you know, we don't have all the ideas. Remember going back to humble and hungry, we're constantly learning ourselves. So Absolutely. we want to make sure that those people actually have the same mindset. So one of the things we have them do is go through Funnel Blueprint, which I think is huge for us as an agency, which is one of digital marketers' best products. So then lastly is the internship, like I said, but it's uh, there's a part to the internship that we call shadowing. So we'll actually bring them into our project management system and they'll start shadowing and being in on emails and client conversations for active live accounts. They're not running ad accounts yet but they're observing what the account managers are doing on a day-to-day -day basis. They're seeing how the flow of information goes back and forth between us and the customer. And then, you know, if they have a high specialty in a specific area, we might actually have them start like giving input and advice in some cases. And when that happens, they're pretty much they're fast-tracked because we know that they've got a high level of proficiency. Right. So then once that's all done, that could be like one to two months. Then we actually have them start running paid advertising. The big thing with us is like we want to expand and grow, but not sacrifice quality one bit. Quality is the most important thing. We've actually resisted growing as an agency because I didn't feel we were ready from a quality standpoint. So we're at the point now where I don't think that's an issue, but we want to really make sure that people go through a really hard training and right. like they really do put in the time. It's a balance, right? So how can we hire people and train them quickly enough to grow so that we aren't stunting growth? But how can we also maintain the quality of the the work and the efficiencies in the way that the company runs? Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest hurdles that we all have to overcome. You know, how can you hire fast enough, but also train them and make sure that it's done thoroughly so that you're not just growing for the sake of growing and inevitably decreasing the quality of the output. Everybody in the agency feels that way. We get that sense from people, even though they're getting paid to do this. The big thing is that they all want, and this is part of the screening process, and sort of I match them against what we refer to as the agency manifesto, which really is, I mean, we're doing this to grow businesses faster. And the most gratifying part of the job isn't the money that you make necessarily. It's the fact that you've done something in an awesome way. Absolutely. And you've just absolutely kicked butt. 
And, you know, the customer appreciates that. And I think everyone in the agency feels that way. And that's sort of a company culture kind of thing. Even though it's a virtual agency, it's an undercurrent that runs through the entire organization. Yeah, absolutely. So what is step two, Ralph? Step two is when we realized that we had to start growing and and we couldn't do it all on email. And we couldn't do it just based upon what I thought. So in essence, what we did is step two is create systems. So a very well-known digital marketer once told me two years ago, he's like, you've got a completely unscalable business because it's too highly specialized. And I said, that's the absolute reason why I'm going to grow it. (laughs) Not because I, I just wanted to prove him wrong, but because there weren't any systems in place for this kind of stuff. So we had to create them all on our own. You know, myself and uh, a guy on staff, Vladdy, who's been instrumental in helping create these systems and a guy who's been with us now for four or five years. So we created systems. So if there are no systems, you got to create them. And the problem is that getting that stuff from your head into a system that people can then use on a day-to-day basis is incredibly time intensive. And it did take us a while to do it. But what I think brought us back is that we wanted to sort of think like like the airline industry. And I think this was something that was really influential from Keith is that as a former airline pilot, he's like, dude, what you need to do is you need to create like checklists of stuff. Just put all the stuff that you know into a checklist. And when I did that, it was sort of the rough outline of what would become all our standard operating procedures and our and our manuals, our operations manuals. So I started, I got something down on every sort of aspect of what we do. And then I filled in the details after that. And we now still use both. We use a checklist, kind of like an airline pilot, but we also use our operations manuals that guide us when we have questions or when we have run into problems or we make sure that everything is very standardized. So if you haven't created systems or checklists for your business, the best time to do it is is now, unfortunately, because <laughs> it's never going to get done on its own. You're never going to be able to scale without it. So one of the books that I read, and I think I actually found it from Keith, Keith had recommended it to me, which is a book by Atul Gawande called The Checklist Manifesto. And it outlines how the medical industry actually was able to be checklisted. So having a background in medical sales and the medical industry, I knew that surgery, which I used to sit in on as an anesthesiology salesperson, was incredibly complicated, incredibly complicated with lots of variables. And I said, if they can actually checklist surgery, why can't I checklist a Facebook ads agency? This book actually gave me a lot of confidence to be able to do it. So checklists, the best thing about them is that it gives you an incredible amount of control, consistency, precision, as well as duplicability, which I didn't know was a word before I did this presentation, mm. but apparently duplicability, being able to duplicate stuff. Mm. Now we know. And now we know. There you go. There's your 50 cent word of the day. But the problem is, is that most people know they need this. They know they need an operations manual. They know they need a checklist, but where the hell do you start? And like I said, just start putting it down putting it down on a piece of paper, like as a checklist. All right, I do this, 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 this. And then you'll fill in all the details after. Okay. But just getting it down on paper or in an Evernote file is like your best first step. Because at least you feel like I actually accomplished something. And then you fill it in. So write everything down, you know, 
then revise it and edit it and fill in all the details and then just repeat that process until it's perfect. And I mean, we've got, I think, 15 different SOPs now that basically cover every aspect of Facebook ads that we can possibly think of. And we're actually adding more because of cool stuff that we've learned in just the last three months. So just start with it. So if you're having trouble getting these ideas down on paper, a couple of tips for you. First off, big tip number one is get your top people to write them for you. So I had you know one of our top people who's been with me for a while now actually write and help me write these together. So he so he feels a part of it. He feels you know he's got a sense of ownership with it, which isn't the reason why I had him do it because he just knows all the systems. So we did it together. So get your top people to help you write them as part of their job role. You might need to pay them a little extra if you want, but it really should be part of their job role. Tip number two is definitely use a sharing document. So we started doing this on PDFs and then we'd publish them and then we'd have to go back in because Facebook would change the interface or, you know, the image on ads manager all of a sudden looks completely different. So make it on a document that's a sharing doc. We use Google Drive docs for this and uh, it's worked out really, really well for us because we can revise it in real time, which is the last one is also assign somebody on your staff to update it. And in our case, we update it almost daily. I actually have the same guy go back in and review all the checklists like every week to make sure that the images are correct, that they're up to date with what we're currently doing. So what we're currently doing isn't different than what we tell people to do. So we're constantly updating it. It's not a perfect system by any stretch, but it's pretty damn near perfect because we've got everything that we ever know or have ever done on Facebook ads in a document so that we can hand this to a new trainee and say, read this, watch these videos, and you'll be able to run ads just like we do inside the agency. Bam. Step number three. Anything to add, Ma? Step number three. No, I mean, one of the core values a digital marketer is document and share your knowledge. And not only from the standpoint of, of course, that's our business, right? To create content, to document what we do and to share with our customers so that you guys can then, you know, implement that knowledge and, you know, those checklists in your business. But there are a lot of things that are documented internally that we don't share, right? And it's a part of every person's job, not just to be good at your job, but to document what you're doing so that others can learn from it. And so that someone could seriously sit down and pretty much do your job if they needed to. And it's been, very helpful for onboarding. It's been very helpful for cross training. If different members of your team know how to do one another's job, it's not only good from the sense of, oh, we can cover one another's back, you know, if if you're on vacation. There's also a level of respect there. If you actually know what someone else is doing and how difficult that is and how much time it takes, you immediately respect them more, right? And you're more willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. You have a better understanding of how your job function and what you do fits into what they do. So documenting knowledge and then sharing it with other people on the team, that's a huge part of our culture here at DM. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, I think, uh, you know, when you create that culture of everybody helping, that's what we really try to foster inside the agency because it's not because it's like contrived. It's like, it's the right thing to do. Like, wouldn't you want to help somebody exactly. else just because you know something, yeah. why keep it to yourself? 
Yeah, I mean, we have a, a hashtag that we use, you know, in our internal communication, and it's hashtag one team. And, you know, we all have different teams and work more closely with certain people, but we are all one team with the mission of doubling the size of 10,000 businesses. And if we forget that and get too siloed or quit communicating with people outside of certain departments, um, that's not good for the company. So we're always trying to foster that idea of we are one team with one mission. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. You guys have been able to really do that so well. And I think a lot of like your company culture stuff, we've certainly adopted, especially since we talk all the time. Yeah, absolutely. So always be looking at other model organizations to sort of adopt that mentality or maybe that way in which they manage their teams or do specific things. And I think your organization is going to grow and it's going to be that much better in the process. So step number three, and lastly, in our three-step formula to building a multi-million dollar virtual marketing agency is simple project management software. So uh, might seem obvious, but a lot of people it's not. Obviously, <laughs> with the amount of emails that I get in my inbox, I can't possibly run a team or a company just through email alone. And usually pain leads us to do something inside the agency. If it's too much of a pain, then we need to create a better way of doing it. And we were running initially, you know, when I was one guy in a VA and maybe an account manager, we were doing everything on email. It just became unwieldy. And I realized it wasn't a way for us to grow. So, you know, obviously we're all virtual, so we can't be in an office together and sort of collaborate on stuff. So we needed a repository for all these ideas, for all these processes, for all these checklists and for communication internally among ourselves and get everything off email as much as we possibly can. So we looked around for a lot of different project management solutions and probably tested, I would say, seven or eight of them. And we settled on one that I really felt was the best. And still, we're using it to this day. It was recommended to me by my friend, Mike Rhodes, who also runs a, an AdWords agency and is awesome at what he does, which is we use Podio. Podio is our project management software of choice. You can certainly use whatever you want, though, however it works. I've seen other systems work really well as well. But what we love about Podio is that it's super flexible. It's customizable completely. It's totally task-driven. And it's also just easy to use. And I think if it's easy to use and you've got virtual people all around the world, like you want them to use this thing because if they don't use it, then you're really screwed. Like you're right. just not going to get stuff done. Yeah. It has to be used. Yes, it has <laughs> to, to be actually used. So when we introduced this, I sort of said, hey, you know, we're going to do this. And this, we were much smaller at that point. I'm like, I need your feedback. Does this thing suck or is it good? I wasn't beholden to it. You know, I always say there's only one thing I'm married to in my life, which is my wife. Any idea in business, I am not married to. So if you show me a better way, then let's figure it out. So the team really, they adopted it and they they embraced it and have made it better. So if you make a team, you know, a part of a decision like that, like we're evaluating a third-party software platform right now, I'm getting everybody's feedback. Like if you guys don't like it, we're not going with it. Like it's the same sort of thing with Podio. So they liked it. We adopted it. We changed it. It's super flexible. You know, now you can like, you know, integrate it with Zapier and a bunch of different other applications. It's way cool. And you don't need to be like a tech person. I am like the least tech person there is to be able to operate it. But I created the whole 
you know, project management software on my own inside Podio. And you could do the same. I just customized it for how we need to use it. So that's one of the things we like about it. The other thing is that I can literally run the agency from my phone. The app for Podio is really, really good, as well as the iPad app and the application, you know, on your web browser. So it's one of the things I really liked about it, just because we're all mobile and we want to be informed of what's going on, but not necessarily attached to our jobs. So the Podio app on iPhone and Android, as well as iPad are just really awesome. So how we use it is we use it sort of in three different ways. And we use it for like daily updates. There's a setting that actually gives daily updates, as well as anybody who ats you, like if they need your help, I say, hey, if you need my help specifically at you know, Ralph Burns inside Podio, and I'll prioritize that. So I prioritize my tasks based upon either ats or my unread notifications. Super simple. There's a chat feature, so you can actually chat with people, both mobile as well as in the uh, on the web app, which makes communication, especially with an international group like we've got, really easy. So we separate how we run the agency basically into two separate projects. So there's a sales project, which is myself, my business development manager, and a couple of select people, and then the management project. And inside management is where we sort of have a an ongoing conversation about what's going on with the customer. So how we've been able to produce it and, we're, and put this together is that we sort of do it from left to right. Like when a customer is just about to become a customer, we maybe we do that ad account audit and action plan. Like that's our first app inside that management project. And then the next step would be onboarding. The next step after that would be create their ad copy and create their creatives. Like we have an ad copy and a creatives app. And then we have the campaign app where we put together the whole Michigan method and pull it all together. And then there's a reporting app. And then there's also training, which we use for our internal training. So we work with everything sort of in a left to right way. And in each individual app, there's tasks which you can assign to people. And then you can communicate with them pretty effortlessly, you know, with a uh, sort of an activity area and comments just so you can stay up to date on what's going on. So we try and put everything into Podio and communicate with the team through that uh, activity part of Podio, which is super helpful. The end result is that, you know, we use all these three steps together to just create as best a result as we possibly can for our agency customers. And so we don't really think of ourselves as a Facebook ads agency. Our company is we grow businesses faster than they could have done it on their own because Facebook ads is just the platform for it. Because as you guys know, listening to this this show, if you listen to any of these episodes here, you know it's it's a very advanced advertising platform. And if it's used the right way, you can really grow businesses and really help a lot of people. And that's really what we aim to do. And uh, these three steps have enabled us to be able to get some pretty good results for our customers really good information. And again, great information, not just for an agency, not just for a marketing agency, but anyone that has a business or works for a business, you know, and manages team members. So thank you so much, Ralph. You bet. It's cool to see how we all ended up here, right? (laughs) Um, Not just the podcast, but, you know, in the digital marketing world. So I hope you guys found this valuable. If you're a part of any of our memberships, Keith and Ralph's Facebook Ads University, Digital Marketer Engage, we love to hear your stories. We love to hear how you got to where you are right now. 
Hey, this is Keith again, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. I think even if you don't have an agency or consulting business, that there was a ton of gold in this episode for really scaling any type of business. So I'm going to give you my three keys here. Number one, my number one growth hack is figuring out a way to build authority or piggyback off someone else's authority. By far, the number one fastest way to grow a consultancy or an agency. And what that will do is it will give you a constant influx of clients that are asking you to take their money. When I first started, for some reason, I probably learned this from reading one of Ryan Dice's articles or watching one of his videos. I knew that I needed to build my authority because I was new into this space. So I went out and wrote and published my own book. I self-published it through Amazon's KDP program, did a Kindle and a printed book, only printed out like, I don't know, 50 copies or something like that. And I did it for authority. I wasn't trying to make any money. I wasn't trying to use a book funnel. But that book led to one important client because he saw me as an authority. That client was in a mastermind with Perry Marshall. Next thing you know, he's telling Perry about the results he's getting from me. And I hear from Perry, his marketing manager, Jack Bourne. Then I start running Facebook ads for free for Perry. Next thing you know, they're getting customers cheaper than they ever have before. And fast forward another year and a half, two years, and we've done three courses together. And Perry asked me to co-author his book, which was published by Entrepreneur Press and in Barnes and Nobles now. And the rest is history. But we've done this over and over again. And we're continuing to do this with people on our team, with our consultants who get certified through our program. So when I first met Ralph at one of my workshops in late 2013, he came to me and offered a solution. And I have authority, but guess what? I can't execute. I'm trying to build my own programs and products and build a team and manage clients. And it's hard to say no to everybody that wants to hire us. And Ralph comes along and offers an amazing solution. Takes on one client. Next thing you know, that leads to two. Next thing you know, that leads to him running the agency side of the business. And we had amazing synergy. We still had a problem. Everybody wanted to talk to Keith because he was out front. He was the face. If you read the book, Pre-Suasion, which we've talked about quite a bit lately, you'll see some of this two-thirds into the book or so. And if the celebrity effect is kind of crazy what happens, but I've seen it happen firsthand and I've seen it happen as we've continued to position different people as authorities. And once we started having Ralph do consulting calls, when people were buying consulting calls, then having Ralph on the webinars, then having... Ralph on the podcast. Next thing you know, he's crushing it in the agency. But if he's crushing it in the agency and nobody knows about it, you don't have the demand without the authority. This is why we took so long to build our certification the way we did it, because I know that the number one driver is authority. Now, that leads to number two. You have to get results. Another Steve Jobs quote. We don't get a chance to do that many things, and everyone should be really excellent because this is our life. Life is brief and then you die, you know? And we've all chosen to do this with our lives. So it better be damn good. It better be worth it. And that's one of Ralph's amazing strengths and is he does not quit. He is not ever satisfied if the results are not up to his standards, which are high. And clients know that if something goes wrong, 
then he will do whatever it takes to get those amazing results. Number three is know your strengths. This goes back to the quote I said at the beginning of this episode, the Beatles, I am a visionary leader and I know that. I've been in the background pushing to innovate. We don't want to be Kodak, right? We don't want some guy on the other side of the country working for some small agency doing amazing things. Next thing you know, we're completely out of touch. But I know that's my strength and I know that I'm not going to try to get in there and manage every person on a day-to-day basis. Does that mean we have to have 20 different people that all have perfectly different puzzle piece traits? No. We've got a guy that came out of our certification that's completely crushing it and has been for the last year, really, with one main employee. He's just got amazing systems and they complement each other. Their strengths are fairly opposite and they have amazing systems. So Ralph and I were doing this with just both of us. And then we had a couple other people pretty quickly, but still, you do not have to build a massive team. You just have to know your strengths. So get results, know your strengths, and do whatever it takes to hack that authority. Piggyback off somebody else. I promise you, it will be worth it. And I'm going to sign off with this quote from Steve Jobs. Your time is limited. Don't waste it living someone else's life. Don't be trapped by dogma, which is living the result of other people's thinking. Don't let the noise of other opinions drown your inner voice. And most important, have the courage to follow your heart and intuition. They somehow already know what you truly want to become. Everything else is secondary. This is what we've done from day one. We've always taken the systems that are proven and we've slightly innovated to fit with our unique perspective and our individual client's unique position. So be your authentic self and I promise you the results will take care of themselves. I can't wait to talk to you next week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening. John Moran here. Q1 is closing and it probably didn't go as well as you'd hoped. I'm sure your agency is telling you that they crushed it, but in reality, it probably crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you, or if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what, go to tier11.com forward slash apply. That's tier11.com forward slash apply. And we'll get set up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make agencies look good.